I think we're good. Hey, welcome to Happy and Succeeding in the Future of Work with Rolf Illenberger. He's the founder, CEO of VR Direct. And I, I was looking so forward to this conversation because oftentimes when people think about the metaverse, virtual reality, they think of, if you look back with Mark Zuckerberg and that weird commercial he did with all these cartoonish characters, and so that people have always been telling me, Jeff, why would I need this? This is silly. Why should I go into virtual reality? What it's just gaming and whatever. And with Rolf, as I understand it, what you're doing is having meaningful work with companies like Nestle and, and Porsche and Siemens to really have real world, real life, real, I guess, virtual life applications so that it changes the whole game. I think you guys have even been recognized by the World Economic Forum for the work you're doing, right? Uh, absolutely, let's call it real virtual experiences. <laughs> okay. We're gonna go in more detail in, in, in a minute. So hi, Jack, uh, first of all, thanks uh, for having me. I really appreciate that. And yes, it's ab absolutely, that's what, what you're saying is absolutely right. I mean, um, when people talk about the metaverse these days, um, you have the feeling that it's all about these, you know, avatars, legless avatars, NFTs, you know, buying an Adidas, digital Adidas shoe for whatever millions or uh, virtual real estate next to Snoop Dogg for <laughs> another million or something. Um, and that's that's all part of the metaverse, right? And that, let's, I, I don't want to neglect that, but that's, you know, uh, some, some kind of a strange... Um, uh, a strange business uh, on the side. Uh, what we are doing at Viadirect is real uh, tangible business with big enterprises that are using virtual reality or let's call it metaverse technologies more or less in their, uh, in their daily operations with a lot of very practical uh, use cases. And uh, you're also right, we've just been recognized by the uh, World Economic Forum as a key player in uh, what they call the Metaverse Forum, which is a group within the World Economic Forum um, that has the task and the objective to come up with, um, uh, you know, rules and basic uh, economics uh, and, you know, some, some kind of guidelines and, and groundwork for how, you know, life and business should be organized in the future Metaverse. So, so that's a big honor. Now, how does it work? So what are some examples of kind of real virtual real life applications? You know, for instance, like safety training, I imagine, uh, yes. onboarding of uh, new people to a company. Absolutely. So virtual reality, the, the, the sweet spot for virtual reality applications at enterprises, and I'm talking about P2P business now. So the sweet spot about VR and enterprises is where you have um, repetitive content, safety training is a very good example, onboardings to a job is another good example, um, <clears throat> um, customer service um, uh, processes, uh, sales processes. So whenever you have, um, you know, some kind of a piece of content or a process that is going to be demonstrated to someone uh, again and again, you know, it's, it's shown this week, it's shown next week and shown the week thereafter. 
whenever it gets too individual, too specific, it's still a tricky thing for VR because it's typically not a bi-directional medium at this point in time. Um, <clears throat> but what it's really perfect for is pre-recorded content that you will show to a, a new audience over and over again. What we see um, as a typical, <coughs> excuse me, as a, as a good use case is for instance, in all across the HR workspace uh, uh, workflow. So anything from employer branding to onboarding of new employees to trainings, um, that's a very you know, well used uh, use case uh, for virtual reality. Safety training is probably one that's very uh, uh, straightforward. <clears throat> what I always tell our customers is they shouldn't start with too complex, too over-engineered applications for virtual reality. It's typically, it's typically day one um, in their virtual reality journey, and you don't want to over um, exceed the expectations, over exceed the effort that you have to put in uh, into a use case, but rather start with a small and very practical, but yet uh, very close to your standard processes use case. You know, so would you. So I'd imagine with, uh, you know, with VR, if let's say there's a manufacturing plant and you have to do some work that could be kind of dangerous, you know, there's like a, you know, something that's very sensitive, because a fire could start, what have you. If you could have in VR kind of put together a model of what it looks like, practice diffusing whatever it may be. And then before someone comes in there in person, they know what to look for, what to do, and it cuts down on any potential hazard. Is that kind of an example, sort of, with like what, what could happen? It, absolutely. Let, let's take a minute to step back and look yeah. at virtual reality as a technology. What makes yeah. virtual reality unique in the first place? The unique strength of virtual reality, what compares this technology from any other form of conveying information to a human being is the immersiveness, what mm -hmm. the science and, and also the, the experts in that field call immersiveness. Immersiveness means the ability to take a human brain into some kind of an environment in a form that this human brain thinks it's actually experiencing what it's seeing, right? Although what it's seeing is a virtual reality. So just take an easy example. Um, if you put a VR headset onto someone's head um, and you show him a beach and probably even put speakers on his uh, ears and uh, you know have the sound of the beach, the brain will think I am at the beach right now. And it will mm -hmm. also rec recollect and re remember that moment as being at the beach. Although we know this human being was sitting in his living room or in his office or wherever, but the brain in this very moment in time thinks I was at a beach. So this is the, the, the unique strength of this technology. This means for people who wanna bring across information, be it for training purposes or be it for sales and marketing mm -hmm. purposes, that's a that's a that's a enormous power that's within this technology. So if you're a safety, uh, if if you're a guy being responsible for safety at a big enterprise, you want to make sure that the people who 
go through that training, actually remember what to do if the fire breaks out, right? That's exactly yeah. your job. Have, have people understand what they shall do when the fire breaks out. So the strength of VR in terms of immersiveness, in terms of um, having your brain think you're actually experiencing this very situation is what the training guy wants because he wants you to, he wants your brain to remember that situation probably three months later probably three years later i don't know probably hopefully never but if <clears throat> if at some time you're in that safety situation you the, the training guy wants your brain to exactly remember what you have been trained in that very situation and the unique power of virtual reality increases the likelihood that your brain remembers what to do in that situation as compared to other forms of conveying that information you could you could give people you could show people a video of what to do you could give people a pdf a handout whatever you could put a poster on the wall that explains the safety instructions but the chance that three months later a year later three years later someone who has just seen a poster on the wall remembers how to act in, in uh, if the fire breaks out is way less than if he has experienced that situation in a vr setup by the way that's obviously the same also if you want to sell something to someone if you want to sell a car <clears throat> and you have uh, the person who you want to sell the car to experience the car in a virtual reality headset it it stays within its brain in a totally different way than if you than if you would just see a let's say a tv commercial on the classical tv screen so that's the unique strength of this technology that is being applied in training scenarios but basically all across and, and people seem to not have fully understood this unique power of this technology that's what differentiates vr from let's say watching tv right watching tv is lean back your brain knows nah, this is gonna just go in and flow through my brain but it's not something i actually experience i can watch this movie but i'm not in the movie while vr <clears throat> your brain has the feeling i'm in the experiencing uh, the experience that is happening right now it seems that let's say with your example for sales i, I if i'm looking for a new car and instead of looking in the, you know, in the newspaper online, I could kind of actually go into VR, put on, you know, my headset, and then feel I'm in that seat. I'm in the drive, literally in the driver's seat in virtual reality, seeing what it looks like, feeling it out, you know, how the colors are, how it feels, and it's a whole different experience. And then also, imagine, let's say, not just a car, but you want a, a fleet of buses or an RV camper where instead of having to fly out to some conference or some sort of trade uh, event and check these out in person, you don't have to go, you know, take a flight, go wherever. You could just say, hey, here's this camper and I can kind of go in it, walk around in it, see what it's like. And then you really have a, a good feel for it. The reality in terms of car sales, even nowadays is, 
that uh, you know 90% of, or probably even more, I'm not an expert in car sales, is that 90% of people only inform themselves online about a new car and almost take the and take the buying decision just by you know online research. So it's it's not even the situation that people visit car dealers or car shows yeah. anymore. So now think about virtual reality in terms of I'm an automotive, I'm a car dealer, I'm an automotive manufacturer. I, with VR, I can, let's say maybe again, provide some kind of an emotionalized experience to my prospects, to my potential buyer by offering a virtual reality experience to, to just like you said, to experience the car in a much better way than just looking at the YouTube video of the latest review. All right. So, so I know you're trying to break what you're, you're, you're based in Europe, but you're trying to, you know, move over here. U.S. Here's here's one place I think could be really disrupted: the car dealerships here in the U.S. So I don't know what it's like in Europe. But here's what happens in the U.S. You go in there and you get this, <laughs> you get this really bad salesperson tr like following you around. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable and awkward. And then they're like, "Can I help you?" No, I'm okay. I just want to look. And he comes by breathing down your neck again. And then, of course, he can't, and usually they're guys, and he can't stop just nudging you and bothering you. And it's so uncomfortable. So that it's so much better if I could go in. I don't have to go anywhere. Just, just sit in the comfort of my own home and look at the car, then look at the next car, look at the next car. And that's it without someone bothering me. It's such a more, it would be such, what would it be such a more pleasant experience? But but right. look even, even aside from car sales and car yeah. dealerships, which I understand I should be careful when buying a car in the U.S., which I haven't done in my life yet. Yeah. But I'll, I'll keep that is in it, mind. Is but it like that in Europe, in in, in Germany? It's, and, it's, oh. it's similar. It's similar. similar. But, but that's probably the reason why most people do their sales journey mostly online and then just get to the car dealer when they already. That's what of, I did last car. Yeah. And they already have the buying decision that they just go to the yeah. car dealer and negotiate the final rebate. But 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 aside from 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 car sales, if the new reality post corona is that people are not just not just uh, not just customers buying stuff, but also employees in terms of their work environment and so on, the new reality is um people are doing things uh, online and doing things digital. Um, employees are, you know, staying in the home office, customers are doing the sales journey online. So you'll, you'll have to find new ways of interacting uh, with your stakeholders, be it internal employees, be it external on the customer side, and, and to, to bring across, uh, you know, emotions, experiences, and there's no better way to do that than with uh, virtual reality. Of course, you can sh you can do that also in a 2D video, but um, really bringing across emotions and having people experience something is something that uh, virtual reality can do much better than any other um, uh, technology or medium. Okay, could this work out? Because this because this is kind of mind blowing. Could so let's say in a hospital before you do some surgery be able to kind of model out, let's say, I don't know, you're going to take out a gallbladder, whatever, right? And you can model it out before you do it. Because let's say the person has some other issues and you have to be really careful because if you kind of snip out the wrong thing, everything is terrible. So wouldn't, wouldn't that be a great use case of it 
to, 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 to practice on that first. So then when you go in and actually do the surgery, you know where to go, where the issues are, what to avoid. Is that, is that something that goes on? Absolutely. I mean, uh, if we're talking about training surgeons, that's yeah. probably a very special thing where you want to be 100%, if not 1000% sure this guy knows what he's doing. So you probably want more part of his training than just VR. But um, VR in general and VR training is an absolutely straightforward use case. I mean, being able to experience um, something, a process, um, a manual thing before you actually do it in real life in a virtual environment is, is makes absolute sense. We, we, we have a, one of our customers is an, is a power supply company here in Europe, one of the biggest um, uh, energy companies in, 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 in Europe. And uh, the training executive once told me of um, uh, a funny say, or it's not so funny, but a saying that they have is, which is your first mistake is the last mistake when it's when you're dealing with high voltage, right? So, <laughs> so he's, he's very cautious about his trainees because your first mistake is the last mistake. So he's using virtual reality exactly because of that. The trainees in this energy company have to have to undergo their safety trainings and they have dozens of safety trainings right in an energy company in europe uh i don't know these these young trainees that are being trained there probably have to learn a hundred plus different safety instructions and they're going through these safety instructions in vr over and over again until their brain is like it's formatted into the brain that once there are in a real life situation, in a real life high voltage environment, their brain is already so uh, focused and so uh, experienced on that very situation that the chance of you know something bad happening is is, is minimized in that situation. And that's 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 the same thing for for almost all kinds of trainings. The nice thing about a VR training setup is you first have the immersiveness that we already talked about. Um, second, you have full focus on the situation, right? The, the, the trainee is not looking at his smartphone. He's not doing anything else. He's, he's wearing this VR headset. So you have his full attention on, 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 on the actual training subject. Um, and that really increases the, the result of the, of the training efforts. You know, I love that idea because picture, you know, have Homer Simpson at a nuclear plant, <laughs> you know, creating all sorts of havoc. But instead, you have a, a, a young Homer Simpson in the early days going on VR, learning everything the right way so it doesn't create a nuclear meltdown. Because it just seems like so when you explain it, it's just so much common sense. Like, why would you put somebody in a situation where the risks are, are asymmetrical, like the risks are so huge if you do something wrong. Like you said, you can make one mistake, you get electrocuted or you burn down the whole building. So yeah, why wouldn't you just practice and practice a virtual reality until you know, same thing with drop, what, like, do you also do this? Like, what about a plane or even trying to learn how to drive a car or all these other things that could be potentially dangerous at first, get we, that we done right away in VR. There's, there's pretty much every example that you name is already existent on our yeah. platform. So we have uh, car instructions or 
driving instructions for you know garbage drivers and logistics and you know freight transport thing and so it's we have all 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 these examples on our platform you got to see the the technology we're talking about is is not uh, it wasn't in a state that you could actually roll it out in a large scale setup for much too long, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking about the technology being ready for that probably since half a year, a year or something. So it's still very, very early days. And we can talk about the, the you know, the what that means for, for the industry and how this will affect industries in, in, in a minute. But um, that's a very new, very innovative technology. And a lot of enterprises are just starting to explore the opportunities for them specifically with this new uh, technology, but I totally agree. It's going to be a, it's been a, it's going to be a common thing in in no time for for a lot of use cases. You know, Rolf, what I think a lot of people, myself included, is that you hear virtual reality, augmented reality, and the metaverse, and then maybe other terms as well. Can you maybe explain to people like what the like? Because it kind of blends. I think people use it interchangeably. Yeah, How yeah. would you explain that's, it? That, that's one of the challenges of us, but other other people in the industry that that you know, there's it's a very technical driven thing, and then you have also NFT and blockchain and virtual mm -hmm. assets. It's all mingled together. So let's let let's try to, without exaggerating too much, augmented reality is you put a virtual layer on top of your real environment. So you have glasses or you use, you use some other device like an iPad and you have, you see through, you see your real environment, but it's uh, virtual elements are added. You wanna use this technology if you have uh, directions of where to go. If you're, if you wanna navigate to the next uh, 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 burger restaurant, you will tell your uh, augmented reality glasses navigate you there. You want to have additional information of the person you're talking to right now. So you talk to someone in real life and you get additional information of this person onto your uh, AR devices. You want to repair your, you want to repair a machine. You're in front of that machine and the glasses help you navigate the repairing process of that machine. That's augmented reality. That's a technology where use cases will be much broader than with VR, but the technology is still a little bit more far away than virtual reality it is today because the augmented reality is harder to master in terms of technology than virtual reality. Really? Okay. Oh, I, you know, see, I would have thought the opposite without any basis and any factor knowledge. I just would have thought well, augmented uh, might be the all right. So that's harder I'll, to do. I'll explain why because yeah. the technology to overlay the reality with virtual yeah. object is way more difficult than to just present something completely virtual to your eyes. Um, it's uh, the devices are more difficult, like AR headsets, uh, in terms of what kind of technology do you use to. Uh, overlay the real environment with um, virtual objects? Uh, is it something that you display in glasses? Is it some laser onto your eyes or pupils or something? So that's that's still a tricky technology. And the second factor is in order for AR to really de deliver um, uh, valuable applications, you need to have a huge reference database. So imagine if you're wearing AR glasses 
and you want to get information about an object, a person, um, uh, a street, a building, whatever, the first step to, in order for your application to, to do what it's supposed to do is it, it needs to recognize that object. It needs to recognize that person. It needs to recognize that, that place in the street where you are. And in order for that recognition to really work, you need to have, a, a, let's say, a database of the, all objects, all human beings, all uh, streets, all buildings on this earth, uh, right? As a reference database, right? So, so your your device actually knows how to navigate you to the next restaurant. It needs to know where exactly you're standing right now. Right? And if you're if you're looking at some kind of an object, let's say uh, a chair or a table, and you want to have additional information for that table, the the, the your AR device needs to needs to recognize this exact table, so it finds. So that's why AR is a technology where only the really big tech companies we're talking about, Meta, Google, um, uh, uh, Apple they are the ones that will run these reference databases. And they're actually already working on this. The, the, the term for that is cloud point clouds. Um, so they're already generating these huge databases of reference objects. And so uh, everyone who's, who's, who, wanted, who wants to deliver an augmented reality app in the future will have to at some extent use the reference databases of these big tech players because only those will be the ones capable of maintaining these kind of reference databases. So that's augmented reality. Virtual reality, in contrast, is easier to tackle in terms of technology because you you don't overlay anything. You just it's a it, you, it's a black room and you um, visualize something entirely virtual. Um, and these are the virtual reality headsets that basically every every one of us knows. And this technology is at the point. Uh, probably since, I would say since the release of the Oculus Quest 2, as it was called by the time, now it's called Meta Quest 2, but this was probably the starting point of something like, let's say, a mass market readiness of virtual reality. And that's also why we see, especially enterprises, starting to roll out primarily virtual reality these days, because it's at a point that you can roll it out. And now talking about metaverse, the metaverse is a, is, a, is, a, is a concept, and it's really important to understand that there is not the one definition of the metaverse. It's an idea, it's a vision, it's a concept. And at this point in time, basically everyone talking about the metaverse has a, different, a bit different understanding of what the metaverse will be. What's clear is the metaverse will be um, an, an, a virtual uh, environment that will probably be some kind of an overlay to our physical world as we know it. It'll be technology accompanying you across the entire day. It'll be the it'll, it'll the meta the metaverse will be made up of a combination of different technologies. So AR and VR are just are are certainly key technologies for the metaverse, but not at all the only technology. So. VR is a big element of the metaverse, but metaverse is way more than just uh, the VR technology. Metaverse will also be uh, you wearing your earplugs and the earplugs will be navigating you to the next uh, burger restaurant, right? You don't necessarily have to wear uh, uh, AR glasses to be navigated somewhere. It can well be your, your earplugs that will navigate you, but you're still in this very moment 
you know, experiencing the metaverse because it will be a, a, a digital input, uh, although it's just like an audio input into your ear, but it'll be connected with the real environment um, uh, that you're that you're in right now. And then the metaverse is going to, as a concept, will be something that's <clears throat> that's that's you know so big that it has the power to replace. Um, to, to, to be like a new technology era, so to say, and replace the, the smartphone area that we, era that we that we all know. So you think that's that's going to happen, where eventually this will replace smartphones and other? Well, where do you see it going? Actually, like if you if five ten years from now, do you have any sense of like where we're going to be? It, it, that's very difficult to say, yeah. and, I, 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 and and but what what historically what you can say historically is humans underestimate the pace of technology development right so expo exponential growth is something our human brain can very is very hard to to understand right we understand our human brain understands linear growth but not exponential growth so uh, and technology especially if you look at the amount of investment that's pouring into metaverse technology these days we will certainly see a, a, a hyper uh, exponential development curve meaning uh, the devices will will improve extremely fast performance wise the form factor will the, will be much smaller and smaller. So uh, the whole technology will improve with a with a with a with a great speed. <clears throat> so ten years is a is a long time. I mean, you try to under try to imagine the smartphone era actually just started two thousand seven two thousand eight. So it's not yet not even fifteen years that we're living in the smartphone era, and it feels like we've always been there. We've we've always been there, right? But you and I know a time where you didn't even have mobile phones at all. Right? I had a rotary phone to, 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 to date <laughs> yeah. me. I had one of those you know, yeah. rotary phones. No, no, I think I think development can can go really fast. I look at it from a different perspective. The what is this, what is the smartphone today? The smartphone is a processor. It's a display that we're carrying in our pocket, right? So the the processor we have to carry with us because. The, the bandwidth of our networks and the capacity of our networks is not yet high enough <clears throat> to provide the render the processing power in the cloud but that will change uh, and, and soon we will have we will be able to have more or less the processing power that your smartphone has in the cloud so you don't need to carry around a processor the other thing is a display a display is something that that shows you information you look you look at the display with your eyes, it gives you information. If you can replace the, the input and output of this information with other devices, be it glasses, be it contact lenses, be it some kind of sensors that project something on your eyes, be it earplugs, there's no need to, 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 to look at the display that you, that you carry in your pocket. Or if the, if the information is right at the wall next to you, What's the point of put, put, uh, taking out a display on your pocket? So I think what what I think I know it's hard to imagine that mankind will probably let go of the of the beloved smartphone at some point yeah. in time, but it'll be it'll I think it, the the functions that a smartphone has today will gradually be replaced 
by by other input output devices, visual devices, audio devices, maybe even contextual, maybe technology is talking to you or whatever that is. And gradually, we will we will move away from what the services that are covered um, uh, by the smartphone today, and and this will be replaced by other technologies, and this will be the 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 metaverse that will be you know all around us all day long. Do you think once it's the technology keeps getting better and it grows exponentially, as you mentioned, that people will maybe work and spend all day in the metaverse or live in the metaverse because it might, when you talk about being on a beach, let's say, it might be a better, you know, if let's say you, you live in New Jersey where I am right now, and it's been, instead of a spring, it's been cold and rainy and nasty. I wouldn't mind being in a nice, if I'm not gonna be able to travel, to live, maybe spend my day working in a nice beach setting and with sunlight, you know, artificial sunlight, just to change your mood. Uh, absolutely, a lot, a, a lot of people, a lot of people ask exactly that question. Will yeah. we be living in yeah. this? I think, I think that's some kind of a very dystopian also way of looking at it. Uh, I don't think that we will be, I, I think the metaverse will be around us all mm -hmm. along, but it doesn't mean we're exclusively living in the metaverse, not even uh, to say we're living, uh, people are spending the whole day in virtual reality. There will be people who do that, right? We have to always understand that the two of us talking to each other, we were in the lucky situation to be born and have the, uh, you know, the luck to live in the US or in Germany, you know, like we have a decent living. That's not the reality for, for 7 billion or I don't know, 7.5 billion people on this earth right now. So a lot of people who are not in the lucky situation to have an, to live in an environment or you know have an, have the ability to do what they want to do, um, then the technology will be a way of them of kind of uh, uh, you know being someone else, experiencing something that they are not able to experience in in their in their real life. So there there is an element of you know addiction and something to that. So we will definitely see people that spent the entire day in, in VR, but I'm sure that's gonna be uh, very much of an exception. Yeah. Uh, humans are social uh, uh, beings and we, we wanna live with families and friends and all that. But, you know, talking about social experiences, um, I, I don't know, maybe my friend from high school who now lives a thousand miles away, uh, and me, we used to watch uh, soccer games or for American world um, NBA games yeah. together while we were yeah. studying. Now we're a thousand miles away. Why not watch uh, the, the the NBA game together with him in in, in VR? You know, right. we're, we're both sitting at home. We're all wearing VR headset. He's sitting next to me like we did in in, in, in university. We're gonna we're gonna have fun. We're gonna see each other. We're gonna make jokes. We're gonna laugh at each other. We're gonna watch the NBA game. It, it, of course, he's not sitting next to me, but it'll be a it, it'll be a time of enjoyment, spending time spending time with him, doing something we used to do, although we're not together. And then I'm I'm gonna put it off and 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 ha have dinner with my wife and my kids, right? So in uh, so I think um, we have to give the technology the chance to prove that it can actually improve uh, our lives and improve uh, and, and be a positive 
uh, improvement in our daily in our daily life instead of replacing what we think yeah. is good by something that is less um, desirable. It, it, we're in some sort of type of virtual reality in the sense of you wake up in the morning, first thing you do is you get your smartphone, you check and see the news or weather or whatever you're looking for. You, you, know, you go to work and you log onto your computer, you're on the computer all day long. And if you think about it, in a way, we are kind of attached to it. So it's not so far-fetched. No, absolutely. Because we kind of do live in alternative, you know, we're spending so much time in front of computers, laptops, iPhones. So it's it's not such an unrealistic thing to say, okay, we're just now going to do it, but a little bit more immersive. Exactly. And and, and if you talk about uh, enterprise or the B2B world where we where we started this conversation. That, that they are actually understanding that now and already starting to implement um, um, VR applications or metaverse applications, uh, you know, all across all across the organization, and they're probably a bit earlier than um, than 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 the B two C life because in, in in a B two B environment you can you can control and manage the whole adoption of a new technology in a much better way than in in a B two C uh, consumer environment. And are there any new updates that you guys are working on? Anything, you know, any recent developments? I know you're kind of coming here into US to try to right. kind of make inroads. So, 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 so the basic idea, or the, ba the, the basic uh, uh, vision of VR Direct is to make it as easy as possible for uh, content creators to create content for VR or the metaverse, if you want. Um, so right now we're primarily focusing on enterprise customers and help them take, let's say, the first steps into what will become the metaverse. So our platform essentially solves two key challenges that enterprises have when it comes to get started with the metaverse. One is how to create content and the other one is how to distribute content. Uh, in a market environment that's very fragmented um, and you have a number of relevant ecosystems and that's kind of solved with our with our software solution. The one part is a creation tool that's similar to PowerPoint and the other part is a very, very flexible distribution platform that lets you, you know, distribute your content to Oculus Quest headsets, Pico Neo 3 headsets or uh, HTC Vive headsets, also to legacy headsets like browser and, and and iOS and Android platforms. So that's 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 the core of what we do in our uh, at VR Direct. Um, and now we have a very big um, update ahead of us. So in about four to five weeks' time, we will release our entirely new and updated uh, software version, which will be um, our, our third big release. This is uh, what we call the VR Direct Studio Three, also. The web studio, which is a web-based um, solution uh, solution of our platform, and it will be even more attuned to the needs of our enterprise customers. So we have we have worked a lot with our customers. You you named like Siemens and Nestle and Henkel and Deutsche Telekom. So. Uh, we really have um, uh, the experience and, and the, the lucky situation of being able to work with some of the biggest organizations around the globe and their daily virtual reality um, project delivery. Um, and we've listened to them and we've improved our platform. So um, we will we have a bit much bigger focus on collaboration um, um, features, meaning 
you work together with your colleagues on a specific project, you can share your uh, project much easier in, in, inside your organization. We have improved security and data protection because that's a huge topic for all enterprises across, uh, across the globe. Uh, we will be way more flexible in terms of content that you can use on our platform. So we will open up for uh, 3D models and 3D objects that you can import very easily and then uh, uh, modify with, with the platform. Um, and as said, we're just launching what we call the VRA Web Studio, which is a web-based version of our software, which makes it much easier um, for users within big enterprises where you typically have very strict IT regulations when it comes to installing software on your computer to actually work uh, with our platform. So that's really, really big updates. And I think we're, we're with these updates, we're, we're making sure that we're staying um, you know, ahead of the market and the industry peers here and, 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 and uh, follow the development of the hardware, uh, the hardware, um, the pace of the hardware development. Well, that's really exciting. I got to tell you, it, it's, it's so much fun when I speak to people like yourself, because, um, and, I, and I say this quite often in that here, here I can just talk about in the U.S., there's so much arguing and fighting and politics, whether in real life or cable news and social media. But then I speak to people like yourself all the time that are doing interesting, innovative things, you know, moving the ball forward. And that doesn't get, it doesn't get shared as much. So this is why I, I, I you know, love doing this because we're able to kind of feature people like yourself who are just making a huge difference and changing the world and changing how things operate. And I'm hoping eventually, you know, the mass media and others will kind of pick up on all this and say, hey, instead of just talking about bad stuff, let's let's celebrate innovation and new technologies and new apps and new platforms that just make you know life better for people. Um, so this is cool because this is this could be a complete game changer. I mean, this could be like five, not even like who knows? Like you said, exponentially, maybe it's not going to be five, 10 years, maybe it's two years. And then all of a sudden, instead of like right here in the States, it's a very much of a back to work now. Like, you know, they're saying, hey, we really don't want you to be remote. We want you maybe hybrid, but you can feel the undertone as they want you to come back in full time. So then maybe a compromise is like, all right, I just put on my glasses and I'll do it from home. What do you need me there? I'm going to be there. So I, this this represents a lot of change. So it's exciting. I can't wait to see how this all plays out, Ralph. So so I really appreciate you taking this time and sharing, you know, your vision and what you're doing. And then for people who want to contact you to learn more about what's going on in VR Direct, what's the best way people could reach out? Uh, the best way is uh, via our website, so vrdirect.com. Uh, um, there's various options to contact us and me personally, or on LinkedIn. You'll find me on on, on LinkedIn, and I'm, you know all kinds of ideas, enterprises, organization, whoever's you know, interested in getting started with VR or what will become and develop into the idea of the metaverse, I'm always happy to engage in, in discussions. And you know, to what you were saying, to some extent, it's, it's absolutely fine that the way the media talks about it and people talk about it, because it's so new, uh, yeah. you cannot expect um, you, you cannot expect from, for, from anyone out there to have a, a proper and full and comprehensive understanding of what the metaverse is. So it's, it's in, the, in the first 
step it's always easy to focus on some shady aspects yeah. and, and make up some dystopian ideas but ultimately i think what's happening now is the thing that the whole metaverse is hype and discussion is becoming so uh, so so big and so ubiquitous yeah. that um i think that by the end of this year um, um no especially no executive in a larger organization can afford to have to not have an opinion about the metaverse right if you're a training executive if you're an hr person if you're a marketing person you have to have an opinion what the metaverse means for you in in the future the opinion can be it's not yet at the point that i will work with it i'll going to come back in a year and review that uh, decision, but you'll have to form an opinion. It's it's no option to say like, hey, the metaverse is not for me, right? I'm gonna, just going to sit here and wait uh, till the metaverse is over. Yeah, that that's certainly not an option by the end of this year. So I'm so so, and we we understand that for most uh, enterprises, as for anyone else, it's day zero or day one in their metaverse journey, right? So we're always happy to to engage in any kind of conversations, discussions. We do a lot of consulting. We do a lot of support uh, of big enterprises when it comes to understanding the metaverse, defining reasonable use cases, taking hardware decisions, and then ultimately uh, get started with the first, um, you know, metaverse projects within the organization. That's great. And to your point too, think about it, just in, you know, modern history, you know, you went from like we talked about before the rotary phone or the button phone and to, you know, a, a more updated phone to the smartphone. And then along the way, it's like, why do we need that? We don't need a smartphone. You know, who needs this stuff? And all of a sudden everyone has it. You know, and you could do that with everything. The internet, when it first started, people were like, why the internet? Why have the newspaper? I have the magazine? Why do I need the internet? And it, it, on and on. Cryptocurrency, that's ridiculous. No one's going to buy cryptocurrencies. Here we are. <laughs> Cryptocurrency is a multi-trillion dollar industry now. So it does seem like it starts out where people are like, meh, we don't need it. So all of a sudden, over time. The funny, yeah. interesting, the, the funny interesting fact about this is now that we have, I don't know, 70, 80, probably 100 years of advanced technology development, it has always been the way you just outlined it. You know, the, the people were were laughing at the technology at the beginning and they were telling me, no, we're never going to need it. And, and today it's uh, it's just everywhere. It, that was the same for cars, right? In the yeah. beginning, people were like, cars are more dangerous than horses. Right. Uh, so, so it's it's the same thing and in, in 10 years from now even in two years from now if we come back on in, in this situation and talk we we would be surprised about how ubiquitous uh vr headsets will be i mean i i, I my gut feeling is as soon as we have an apple vr headset out there that's it you're going to see you're going to see the the cool kids in your town sitting in in in, in the public transportation or, or wherever in public spaces wearing the wearing yeah. the Apple headset because suddenly it's not it's not nerdy anymore it's going to be a cool thing and once I agree with cool you thing, once you get it down because those big glasses they get and I wear glasses and it, so you have to wear the glasses and I have progressives so it's like kind of awkward but once I think you have it kind of a cool thinner glasses yeah then that's it that's I think that's the holy grail of it then it's like super easy super comfortable and there's yeah why and then it's like almost why not 
Let me do it. And, this is easy. And we're, and we're waiting for for, yeah. for this moment basically every, every week, right? So it, yeah. it can, can be any time. Amazing. So this is great. So thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time and discussing because I, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, I think a lot of people just really don't understand or they have a misconception or they're not sure or they have that God, yeah, this is <laughs> this is not, and then when they hear someone like yourself walk it through the use cases and how it works and why it's important, then it's the light bulb goes on. And go, oh yeah, this makes sense. So so this is this is fantastic. It's 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 really great that you're able to introduce it and and hopefully I like to see more of the stuff you're doing here in the U.S., which is cool because it's it's um, yeah. Well, I think would be getting. I think what you're doing would be very widely adopted here in the U.S. So I think I think I'm glad you're coming over here. So it's great speaking with you. And uh, hey, keep keep doing this. Good luck, Jack. Thank thanks so much for having oh, me. Thanks for providing my the, the audience. Thank you very oh, much. My pleasure, Ralph. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.